Moo TV. Hello, everybody. Wait, everybody? 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 Yeah. Work at body. Yeah. No. 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 I shouldn't do that to you people. No, I'm, I'm sorry about that. Anyway, hello everyone. This is Moo's Views, brought to you by Moo TV, and I am your host, Da Moo. And I apologize for that uh, little singing outburst there, you guys, but man, I am in a good mood. And I should be. I'm an American citizen. It's a good time to be an American. You know, the president's about to be impeached. Iran's backing down. The president's going to be impeached, maybe. Is he? Was he? It's hard to say. But that's where I want to get started today. As uh, most of you know, the House of Representatives, uh, led by the Democrats with their majority, Nancy Pelosi, Adam Schiff, been doing a lot of work, Jerry Nadler there. Uh, If you guys haven't been living under a rock, you know that they've decided to impeach President Trump on two charges, two very, very trumped up charges, pun intended. Uh, The first one being obstruction of Congress, second one being uh, abuse of power. And I'm I'm not going to get into the uh, finer details of what those two charges are here. Uh, but if you do want to know more about those two things and how bogus they truly are, I would recommend uh, going over to uh, the Daily Wire and checking out Ben Shapiro. Uh, he does a great job really outlining and, and showing what those are and why they're so uh, just insanely uh, ridiculous charges that they are making. Uh, so check that out if you want to know more about those two charges that they're, they've filed, not filed. Uh, it's hard to say. What we do know is Nancy Pelosi, uh, believe it was today, has stated that she will send over the Articles of Impeachment, most likely next week. I say most likely because even though she says it's going to be next week, she also said that this impeachment was had to be done real fast, and then as soon as they got the impeachment vote, she just sat on it. It's been three, four weeks now since uh, they voted to impeach the president. And she's done absolutely nothing with them. Uh, for those of you that don't know, the next step is to send the articles of impeachment over to the Senate. And the Senate then has a trial, which will determine if the president is removed from office or not. And everybody knows that as soon as this thing hits the Senate, it's going to be dismissed. And if it's not dismissed, they're going to do a little trial and Trump's going to be acquitted and and of all charges. 
and it's going to go away. Everybody knows that. Nancy Pelosi knows that. That's why she's actually been sitting on these articles of impeachment, because she was attempting to leverage the Senate into running the trial the way she wanted it ran, which is completely insane that she would think that she could do that. It It's not how this works. It's not how the system works. It's not how it's set up to work. You know, her job was to gather all of the evidence she could, get everything she could get together, and then charge the president with whatever crime she found, hold a vote to impeach, and then transfer those articles of impeachment to the Senate, where the Senate holds their trial and determines the outcome. That's how it's supposed to work. She knows this. She knows that ever since she got the vote, to impeach that she's been doing the absolute wrong thing and it's starting to show now as she's been holding onto these articles her democratic colleagues have started coming out saying hey nancy what are you doing are you going to do this or not you told everybody that this was urgent and, and and a matter of the utmost importance and then you've done nothing so even the Democrats are now starting to turn and want this to be sent over to the Senate so they can get this out of the way. It's it's just, it's truly ridiculous. Uh, one of the things, like I was talking about before, is, is she wanted to, the Senate to hold the trial the way she wants it. And in the Senate, the Senate being Republican-controlled, their majority leader is Mitch McConnell. A lot of you may know him as Cocaine Mitch. And that that's just because the man is absolutely stone-faced and says the most hilarious things in the most serious demeanors. And it, it's just, it's truly funny. If you don't know about Cocaine Mitch, you need to look that up and you need to watch some of that stuff because it is hilarious. I love Cocaine Mitch. Anyway, Mitch McConnell is the leader, the majority leader of the Senate, and he has gone on the record just as recently as a day or two ago, might have been yesterday, I'm not uh, real sure currently, uh, He, but he has gone on record and stated that uh, Nancy Pelosi's search for leverage is useless because there is no leverage. And there is no leverage because he doesn't even want the articles. He knows that it, it, it's going nowhere. He knows there was no crime committed. There, There's nothing that was done wrong. You may not like some of the things that the president did, but that's not enough for impeachment. And Mitch knows this. So she has no leverage because of this. And so then he also stated uh, in that same address, I believe, on the Senate floor, uh, there will be no haggling done. He will not negotiate with her. He will not compromise. He has signed on to a motion from another uh, Republican senator that uh, says if Nancy Pelosi fails to send over the articles of impeachment within 25 days, 
the Senate can then vote to dismiss the articles of impeachment. And that, along with the no haggling line, that is what got to Nancy Pelosi. That finally got her off of her chair and got her saying, well, maybe I should send these over. Because the last thing she wants is to be sitting on these articles of impeachment, have cocaine Mitch McConnell change the rules in the Senate so that after 25 days, he can fully dismiss the impeachment and it's done and over with. Uh, she doesn't want that. No, she, she wants to at least have an attempt at a trial. That way they can, her and the Democrats can attempt to spin it in whatever way they want. But if it just gets dismissed because she was hanging on to them and wouldn't send them over, there's no way to spin that. It's you sat on them, you knew that you had to get them over, and you chose not to. So that's the uh, proverbial fire under her butt. That got her moving, and uh, so we should see the articles of impeachment heading over to the Senate here soon, hopefully. Uh, in other news, the media, yes, the wonderful, wonderful, completely unbiased, completely straightforward journalistic media are now blaming President Trump for Iran accidentally shooting down a commercial airliner carrying somewhere around 176 people. And I pause there because so, I want you to let that sink in. The media are now blaming President Trump for Iran accidentally shooting down a commercial airliner that was in Iran's air skies that had just took off from an airport in Tehran minutes earlier. And somehow this is President Trump's fault. Because of course it is. Because if you ask the media, if you ask the liberals, if you ask Democrats, everything in the world today is the fault of Trump. It, 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 it's as if they, they've perched this guy up so high, they, they've turned him into a god. And, and the world began with President Trump. And everything that happens in the world, everything, rather good or bad, because even the good stuff, they'll, they'll try and turn to make it look bad. So, so everything, good or bad, is Trump's fault, according to these people. It, it's sad, and it's ridiculous, and it just shows the, the ever-growing bias in the media. And it, it's really why most people in America today don't trust the media. They don't trust them, and, and they're not going to. And it's because of crap like this. So what, what exactly happened? Well, as you'll recall, it was a few nights ago, Iran was sending missiles over into Iraq, attacking the uh, two bases that we had men and women stationed at. 
as their uh, retaliation because we killed their terrorist leader, Qasem Soleimani. What you need to remember is Iran was retaliating, yes, but they, they were doing it just for show. And you know this because before they decided to start firing those missiles, they called up Iraq. They told them, hey, look, we're, we're going to have to send these missiles over. You're not going to do anything about it. We're not going to hit anything or anybody. And then this is just all going to be swept under the rug. We say face, you say face, everybody's good. And so then the leaders of Iraq, who got this call, then told us, and everybody was able to get out of the way and and hunker down somewhere else so as not to have any casualties or damage or injuries. And so Iran sent off their missiles. I think it's up to like 22 or something like that now. Uh, but they, they sent over their missiles. Four or five of them failed to even, uh, failed right out of the launch gate. And all the other ones barely hit anything. Most of them hit the dirt. And what few did hit the bases did very, very little damage. It, it was just a propaganda. And you know it was propaganda because as the attack was happening, Iran State Television were stating that they had killed 30 or 40 U.S. There were 30 or 40 U.S. casualties and, and they had done all this damage and in reality, none of that happened. They warned us that it was coming. We got out of the way and that's what happened. But... Iran is such an insanely evil and, and idiotic country that they didn't ground all flights while this was happening. They didn't ground all flights. So you got this commercial airliner, uh, just I think it was an hour or two after uh, they had launched the attack. You got this commercial airliner filled with 176 or so people, and it takes off literally right next to where they were sending off these missiles from Tehran. In less than five minutes of being in the sky, it gets shot down by Iran. Some idiot was sitting there trigger-happy, thinking that the U.S. was going to strike back and didn't bother to check and shot down a commercial airliner from their own country. Absolutely ridiculous. And now you hear this and you think, well, how, how is this Trump's fault? It ain't. But if you ask the media, if you ask the liberals, if you ask the left, this was completely, completely Trump's fault. You know, it's not Iran's fault because Iran, no, they're, there's a, they're a sovereign, peaceful nation. They would never do such a thing uh, without being provoked. Even if Trump was provoking them, what excuse would you have for them shooting down a commercial airliner? Now, maybe if, if there were, there were crossfire going on, you know, they were firing at us, we were firing at them, and there was an active situation, then maybe you could see that. But there wasn't. There was no crossfire. 
they had warned us in advance that they were going to send the missiles into Iraq, so we knew about it. They knew we knew about it. I'm pretty sure at that point they knew we weren't going to retaliate that night. And yet, they shot down this commercial airliner. Because the idiot was sitting there, trigger happy, saw a plane, hit the sky, and goes, Oh no! They're coming for us! And shoots it down. And uh, it was with a surface-to-air missile that they apparently got from Russia. So that that's even better. That That really helps the optics. And again, according to the media, this is all Trump's fault. These people will blame everything on Trump. It is truly insane. It is ridiculous. He has gotten into their heads so much. The Trump derangement syndrome is so deep in them that when another country shoots down one of their own commercial planes in their own airspace with their own missiles, it's somehow our president's fault. Wow. Wow. And and really, it, it, it's not that huge of a surprise. I mean, it it's really not. The left and the mainstream media, they, they've been doing stuff like this for years. And what I mean by that is, is they've been finding someone else to blame for other people's actions for literally years, decades. I'll give you an example. Look at the way they blame the police. Every time someone resists arrests or even downright attacks a police officer and then gets hurt, the left yells and shouts from the streets how horrible the police are and we must have police reform. It's the cops' fault that these people did these bad things and got themselves hurt. It's the cops' fault, don't you know? I mean, one of the biggest examples is the the Ferguson incident with uh, Michael Brown. The man was literally charging a police officer after attempting to take his gun from him, was charging at a police officer. And the police officer responded by shooting him, killed him. And yet, for years, all we've heard about is how that police officer was a murderer. He was in the wrong. He never should have killed Michael Brown. Well, no. Michael Brown never should have ran at the police officer. Michael Brown never should have attacked the police officer and tried to steal his gun. Had Michael Brown shut the hell up, answered the police officer's questions, maybe gotten arrested peacefully like he should have, Michael Brown would still be alive. It had nothing to do with a trigger-happy police officer. That police officer did his damn job. And to say anything else, you're lying to yourself and you're lying to the American people. And that's exactly what the mainstream media, that's exactly what the liberals do, and they've been doing it for years. Whew. 
feel like, like I, I got a bit excited there and, and, and started getting worked up. Got to calm myself down a little bit. Uh, there we go. So now I'm back to my uh, Backstreet Boy happiness there. <laughs> uh, let's see. Well, that I, I think that's all I want to talk about when it comes to uh, politics of the day and, and news like that. I do want to go, however, and, and talk about a little bit of wrestling. Uh, wrestling for anybody who knows me personally knows that wrestling has always been a, a big part of my life. I'm talking about pro wrestling. Uh, I been a pro wrestler. I've been involved with, uh, promotions. I I've helped organize shows, put on shows, and I've been following, watching pro wrestling for 31 years now. I, I, absolutely love it and I'm not the biggest fan of today's product but everything evolves everything changes it maybe it's just me being too old maybe the product really does suck I mean, some of those numbers bear that out but who knows but what I do know is no matter what I think of the current product I still in my heart absolutely love pro wrestling. I always will. And my God, if you're a pro wrestling fan in 2020, you have it good. Maybe the stories aren't the best. Maybe the shows aren't the best. But you have access to so, so much content. I mean, just just what the WWE offers alone is three, four times what we got back in the 80s and 90s. It's insane. You got everything that the WWE puts out there on TV each week. Then you got everything inside the WWE network. You have other promotions like MLW, who are coming up pretty good. You got Ring of Honor, Impact Wrestling. You got uh, AEW Dynamite every Wednesday night. You have the NWA Power that airs every Tuesday at 6.05. I mean, just absolutely phenomenal amount of content out there. And that's just talking about the wrestling shows. That doesn't even begin to touch on all the content that you get in podcasts and YouTube. and I mean, everywhere you look, you can find pro wrestling today. It is truly, truly amazing. I mean, back in the 80s and 90s, you know, when wrestling was really at its highest peaks, at its highest points, we couldn't even imagine having that kind of content, that kind of access to wrestling. And it, it's, it's truly incredible. If you're a fan of pro wrestling in 2020, you have it good. I encourage you to watch as much of it as you can. Obviously, as long as you like it. I, I don't tend to watch a whole lot of the newer stuff anymore. Because it just it doesn't pull me in. I will tell you that uh, I do love the NWA Power every Tuesday night at uh, 6.05 on YouTube. 
I I do love what Billy Corgan has done with the NWA. I think uh, you know he bought it. Was it uh, five or six years ago now? And what he's done with it since he took over is it's 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 pretty incredible. He's really brought a lot of prestige that the NWA had lost over the years. Um, and and he's doing it slowly. You know, he's not trying to hot shot it. He's not trying to to shove it down your face to to try and get that instant gratification. No, what he's doing, what Billy Corgan has been doing is he's building a very strong foundation. You know, he's slowly putting this together brick by brick by brick. And and what it's doing is it it's really making for a great product. You you get the long-term storylines you can really dig your teeth into and get invested in. And I really, I really like that. You know, he's brought back studio wrestling, which is fun because it's unlike anything you see on TV today. And it's unlike anything most wrestling fans have ever seen in their lifetimes. So it, it's really fun. It's unique. It's the old is new again is what it is. It It's... It's just something, it's something special, I think, and I'm excited to see what Billy Corgan has in store, what happens in the future for the NWA, because I, I really do like that show, I really do like what Billy is doing with it, so hopefully everything continues to go well for them, and then on all honesty, hopefully everything continues going well for everybody, WWE, AEW, MLW, Ring of Honor, Impact Wrestling, New Japan Pro Wrestling, whoever it is you like, whoever it is you watch, hopefully they all continue to do good because that just means more places for more wrestlers to work. And that's never a bad thing. You know, the more guys making a living doing this, the better, I think. Uh, I think we could use a little bit more quality in some of the guys, but I'll 